What's going on, guys? Welcome back for another episode. Sorry we're getting this one out a little bit late, uh, but we are going to keep on giving you guys two episodes a week, so don't worry about that. Um, and we're just going to hop right into it. Uh, I'm Tristan. You got Jacob on the other end, and his brother love in the district. Jacob, want to tell him what we're talking about? We're going to talk about the NFL, talking a little bit about the big subject, which a lot of you probably heard about, is Ryan Kerrigan leaving Washington in the next day, signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Jalen Ramsey. Then we're going to move on to the NHL, talking about how close the playoff matchups have been. And finally, we're going to go to the MLB, talking about how Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has really started to blossom and could... And it's looking like a early MVP candidate as well as Bryce Harper. And Bryce Harper got hurt, and the Nationals still are struggling. So right. let's hop right into it. So yeah, let's let's jump right into it. Um, so I think the first thing that we're gonna uh, be talking about is clearly the Ryan Kerrigan thing. Uh, yes. He signs with the Eagles, and he was the number one sack leader in Washington history with 95 and a half sacks. And so, I mean, this this just goes to show the uh, the like the whole Eagles organization because they're really fo- they really stay focused on their D line because their D line has been their staple of the team the past as far as I remember watching the Eagles. I mean, so I mean they're they're really just bulking up on the D line because they drafted pretty much all D line too. And I mean, this probably hurts more as a Washington fan because he was so loved by the team and all the fans and everything. So, like, what's your take on this? The day before, he gave out a very nice message. Everybody was in their feelings about the whole situation. But, like, before I go into the kind of part about me that's kind of disappointed, like, let's go into it. He was the most consistent and quiet player in Washington during a period where we didn't have consistent or quiet players. Ever since he was drafted, he brought about a certain work ethic. He brought a certain effort to the field becoming the Washington Sacks leader. And if you talk about games he's performed in, he's done very well against teams in the NFC East. Like, just to put this in perspective, Brian Arakbo, who for years was built up as the sack machine, had eight career sacks with Washington. Eight. Ryan Kerrigan has 95 and a half. But so for that... I always love him. I think when it's all said and done, there's an argument to be made that he deserves a place in our ring of honor. But of all the teams that go to the Philadelphia Eagles, really, like you couldn't have gone to another team, just not any team, not in our division. It's just, it really stinks to see it. That's like if Barry Sanders, like when he was leaving the Eagles, or um, Emmitt Smith, sorry, misspoke, but like when he was leaving the Cowboys, imagine he went to like the Giants or uh, the Eagles. It's just, it's a difficult situation. I hope he succeeds, just not in an Eagles uniform. So the one thing that you got going for you is one, he's already 32. So he's on the back end of his career. And honestly, 
I think he might be doing he might do better in Philadelphia than he did it with Washington last season because of the fact that Washington now has so many weapons that I mean he's he's not like he's not going to get as much reputation as he used to like I remember when we were younger and Ryan, everyone and their brother had a Ryan Kerrigan jersey now uh it's you you see one here and there I mean he's definitely fallen off from what he used to be so but I mean he's 32 and this is just it's just a one-year contract worth worth up to 3.5 million so I mean this is a prove it deal he's not going to get much more than this for for his age and what he did last season because he didn't really do much last season I mean he's on that line like we put him in as a guy you put in every once in a while to give your main guys a rest um what he was the team I personally like his role he was great for the younger guys um and he was a great sub to feel like substitute on the field but he's 32 and he's not going to be a starter he's past the creator's point where I think he's going to be a pro bowler so he's definitely on the decline and like in Washington, he just can't keep up with the speed and the skill that both Chase Young and Montez Sweat possessed. Uh, he's had double-digit sacks since 2014. I'm even going to count 2015. 2015, he had nine and a half sacks, so he was just short of 10. But, I mean, you can still say that he had just about double-digit sacks. So he had double-digit sacks from 2014 to 2018. Um, three of those years were at least 13. And then 2019 and 2020, when all those other first-rounders started coming in and he hit age 30, he dropped down to 5.5 each year. So, I mean, he's he really dropped off once 2018, once 2019 hit and they started getting those better, once they started getting those younger players in. And honestly, I think, I don't think he's going to be playing much more of a role than he did in the last couple of years in Washington. That he, I don't think he'll do much more in Philly. Than he did in Washington because of the fact that he's so old. I think he's going to be a uh, be a little bit of a like just to help mentor the young guys because we have a lot of one of one of the big things is we have we just drafted a linebacker, well a D end who is going to be converted into linebacker. So I mean we're he's probably going to be coming off the edge still even as a linebacker like a Jadavion Clowney or a TJ Watt because that's just the way he's been playing. And that's how I see him playing as a blitzing linebacker. So I think he will get some reps because of the lack of depth. But if we do get Josh Sweat back, if we get Derek Barnett back, and we still have Brandon Graham, he's still not going to be running as um, – he's still he's still going to have that same role that he kind of had in Washington. If anything, he's just going to be brought in as kind of like a player coach who's just yeah. on the field and on the sidelines to help those young guys. So overall, I like the signing, um, but like I said, it it depends on what he does during the season. It's still a little too early to tell. I like it because you know it makes Washington's fans sad. So you know that that helps. Just like when Bryce Harper came to the Phillies, but you know. But that became so much like that didn't hurt as long as I thought it would because we yeah. won the next year. So that year that was insane. Um, and then the next thing you wanted to go over was Morgan Moses. So you can go ahead and yeah. chat about that. Um, it came out today that Morgan Moses was apparently told by the Washington team that he should look for a trade because um, he was supposed to get like seven or eight million dollars around that thing, around that um, period. But I honestly thought he was going to be a staple to the team. Yes, we brought in Charles Leno and Sam Cosme, and we have some other guys who can fill that role, but I didn't expect 
uh, it, it to come out that Morgan Moses will no longer be on the team. He's been consistent for a long amount of time on our offensive line, but maybe like we just want to save a little bit amount of money, like possibly towards a deal for um, Jonathan Allen, because I think they want to keep him a lot more than than Morgan Moses. So maybe it's just a move that saving every little penny and. If we can get like a mid-round draft pick, I think that could be a it could be a good move. Um, I mean, maybe, and he is he's thirty, so he's up there and is he's starting to hit that peak of, or he's probably already hit the peak of his career. And hasn't he been injured a lot? He has been injured a lot, but the thing is, we played him through a lot of injuries who should enough because for a lot of years, the offensive line was so bad, we really needed him to play, but. If you put him around some other guys, that stress is going to be taken taken off of them. So I mean, maybe this will maybe this could help him overall. Then with the getting a trade and going to a different team and to finish out his career. Um, and I mean, what he, maybe he doesn't find a trade. I mean, with the amount of times that he's been injured, I don't think teams will look at him and go, "Oh, yeah, let's give up something for an often injured uh, left tackle." Uh, and then bouncing off the Morgan Moses trade, Zach Ertz still hasn't been traded, but he said that he's not going to report to camps because he doesn't know what's going to go on with the team, which I think is kind of interesting because it kind of seems like he doesn't want to play for the team. And he like his granted, it's not, it's not required to show up for the camps during that, or it's not required to show up to the camps that aren't mandatory right now because a lot of players are going to take off because of COVID, but he said like, he doesn't, he's not going to work out with the team until he knows what's going on with his career. And I think even if he does come back, I don't think he's going to be the same Zach Ertz that he used to be being that we have Dallas Goddard who had a breakout year this past year. And he knows that we're moving forward with Dallas Goddard in the future, because we're not going to resign him this year. He's already 30 and he was injured a lot last year, and we need to sign Dallas Goddard. So I think he knows that his career in Philly is pretty much over, and I think he wants to go somewhere else to look for a future. Yeah. My only thing about that is, is do you think the reason he has been traded at this point is because the front office is finding difficult, like, to find a package they really want? I think they might have waited a little bit too long because – I think they thought that they could have got a little bit more than they did. But I, I thought we really would have saw him traded in the draft. Um, and I thought he would have been in a package with Carson Wentz over to Indianapolis because Indianapolis yeah. doesn't have a stud tight end. And I mean, if, no. you, throw Zach, yeah. if you throw Zach Ertz in there ahead of uh, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox, I mean, he's a pretty good mentor. Zach Ertz holds the NFL record for most receptions in a season. So, I mean, if you throw him in there ahead of Mo Ali Cox and uh, Jack Doyle, I mean, you got a solid tight end trio. And so I think he would have been good with the Colts. Uh, I want to say, did the, I don't remember if the Chargers got a tight end, but if they didn't get a tight end, they, they still need a tight end because they don't have Hunter Henry anymore. Uh, I mean, there's still a couple teams out there that still need a tight end and could use one pretty, pretty surely. Washington needs a tight end. I'm sure that uh, Howie Roseman isn't really – on that draft draft train anymore for a trade since the draft is up now. Yeah, but I think Zach Ertz kind of knows that 
his playing is going to be significantly downgraded considering I think Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are like switching places in the depth chart. Zach, Zach Ertz has shown he still has great hands, but he's not as fast anymore. He's not as nimble. Um, he's a great guy you can put. Yeah, he really isn't. He's a great guy you can put like towards the red zone, like throw him towards that. But if you're talking about like a lot of open field, you're going to want to throw to Dallas Goddard. He's faster. He's a nightmare matchup for your for a lot of linebackers in the NFL. So I just think it's a matter of time what how he gets out of Philly. It could be a release. It could be a trade. It could be a many amount of things. But they might have waited a bit too long. But I think he's definitely gone. But, I mean, after Dallas Goddard, they don't really have – they have Hakeem Butler, who played a little bit last year, and Tyreek Jackson, who's pulling a Tim Tebow and uh, play, who was a QB and switched – tight end so I mean they don't they don't really have anyone um that could really start behind Goddard there's talks that maybe they re-sign Richard Rodgers who played amazingly the past couple of seasons with the Eagles when uh Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz went down but I think I think the odds of seeing a Zach Ertz trade happen before the season starts especially if he doesn't if he starts not reporting to camps and stuff I think the odds of him getting traded are significantly higher since they know that Dallas Goddard is a better player overall and he can block more, he can catch well, and uh, just overall he's a better tight end than Zach Ertz was. Yeah, real quick before we move on, like if you're looking at this, his trade value has been significantly downgraded because everybody knows he doesn't want to be there. They yeah. know he's not the same player, but – a possible destination could be Washington because if you think about it, after Logan Thomas and the two guys we just picked up, we don't really have a lot of experience depth. And considering I don't think it's going to be too steep of a price to get them, it's something they could possibly look at trying to pull off, but it is that division rival trade that you don't really see that often, but who knows. And I think Buffalo could be a good place to go because they don't really have a tight end. Cincinnati, maybe that I can't think of who their tight end is. I don't think they have one. The Chargers need yeah. one. Uh, so I think there are a couple places he could go. And also, I think with the fact that uh, I think with the fact that the Eagles just drafted Devontae Smith, and so they now have Devontae Smith, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager. They have a pretty good receiving core after a really lackluster one last season, and they're definitely a pass happy offense especially now that they have carry on Johnson who can catch the ball out of the backfield. So, I mean, the, the offense really switched up and they probably won't run as many two tight end sets as they did because they had, they had to rely on the tight end so much and they might just go back to a single tight end set with Dallas Goddard and then focus on the receivers catching the ball more than the tight ends. Yeah. One other thing before we move on to the playoffs is uh, the, Jalen Ramsey, Darnell Mooney, uh, all, all over Instagram, Twitter, and stuff. Uh, the Bears fans are trolling Jalen Ramsey, saying that uh, how Jalen Ramsey is a lackluster corner and he's not a great player and everything. And uh, they they put the highlight of the Darnell Mooney burning Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey bites on double moves a lot. Um, but I think. They're, they're talking about the week one matchup. And the one thing that gets me about this for the Bears fans, especially is 
the fact that well one they know that um darnell mooney is nowhere near as good as jalen ramsey darnell mooney was a third round draft pick i want to say and jalen ramsey is one of the best corners in the league right now and jalen ram they play week one so i think this will be an interesting matchup to watch especially with all the thing that's going around jalen ramsey basically told him all the bears fans that they know better that darnell mooney is not going to do anything and he's going to make them shut up so i'm really interested to see that I don't personally, I do not like Jalen Ramsey, but I think the Bears are going a little too far because every single player, like every like every single great player has made a mistake and every single player in the NFL could make a play out of nowhere. So yeah, Jalen Ramsey is one of the best cornerbacks in the league and it's it's fun. It's it's show. It's like they're doing this really to play it up people to get excited for the matchup but i think it's a little ridiculous that the bears fan are saying he's really bad but they know deep down that they would take him on their team in a heartbeat so Dar- darnell mooney was a fifth round big correction he was a fifth rounder and he still had zero receptions against jalen ramsey and uh they're getting excited over a over a single play that happened and he didn't even Jalen Ramsey is going to be matched up on Allen Robinson most of the time. Allen Robinson is one of the best route runners in the league. They're they're not going to be putting up Darnell Mooney on or they're not going to be putting Jalen Ramsey on Darnell Mooney when he's their second wide receiver. That's because they had a personal beef on Instagram. Yeah. But I think with that, that's about all we have going on in the NFL. Uh it's it's a really like slow time in the NFL. This is the worst time to, of football because the draft is over. There's no games. You're just kind of in dead zone. And uh, camp. You got yeah. You got some rookie camps, and I mean, but everyone looks good in helmets and shorts. No one is gonna be standing out or looking like a bum already. So you yeah. see how that plays out. Uh, so let's go on over to the NHL and the playoffs finally started. Although the uh, Maple Leafs and the Canadians, the matchups in the North don't start until the ninth, the twentieth, yeah, or the the nineteenth. So tomorrow, the Jets play the Oilers, and we'll finally get to see the North matchups, which I'm really excited for based on what the three matchup first, not even the first three, all first four matchups were insane. All first first four games. Out of all the games that played, there were so there have been seven games played. Only two of them were absolutely blowouts. The Hurricanes beat the Predators 5-2 yesterday, and the Avalanche beat the Blues 4-1. But other than that, the first three games went into overtime, and then the other, and then the Lightning played, and they beat the Panthers 5-4 with I want to say that was like a last-minute goal, and then the Bruins beat the Capitals yesterday in overtime. So you have four or seven games going into overtime out of five games. So five of seven games were one goal games and four of those five went into overtime. Like as a, as a fan of one of the teams that has gone into overtime twice, it's stressful. But if you're just an impartial fan or a fan whose team hasn't played yet and you're looking at these games, it's great. All these games have been close. They have been physical and they have been very good playoff series, but I want to talk about the Caps and Bruins for a little bit. Um, 
on Saturday, they beat the Bruins 3-2 in overtime. And as a lot of you know, yesterday they lost in overtime 4-3. But the main story of this has been is Vitek Banishak, um after the first goal, the splits hurt himself and in came the soon-to-be 40-year-old goalkeeper, Frederick Anderson, who was on pretty much our taxi or Craig practice Anderson. squad. Craig Anderson, yeah. Um, he He's a scary goalkeeper to watch. Like, if you looked at the games, like, he comes out of the net so far and it seems like he freezes. He freezes. But... I'll give him credit. He's kept us in these games. He made 40 saves last game. Um, it wasn't his fault we lost. We did not play well enough. But about the goalkeeper situation, um, it's hard to see that he's going to be able to keep up this form, like getting 30-plus saves all game and keeping us in the game. But our offense needs to play a lot better. It's been – it's felt like it's been stopped start like last game in the third period the first 10 minutes we were all over the Bruins they couldn't touch us we were getting a lot of shots in the offensive zone but after those first 10 minutes we couldn't get anything going on the power play it felt like we were on a non-stop penalty kill for the last 10 minutes of the game it's just we need to be a lot more consistent with our offensive play it seems like we go through spurts of great offense than absolutely nothing for a lot of the time. But um, we were right in saying that it's going to be a very close series. Already won one, two overtime games. Do you not have faith yeah. in uh this is kind of like when the Eagles were going on their Super Bowl run where uh, Carson Wentz went down, right? Granted, Cart or Nick Foles had a couple regular season games, but I mean, Nick Foles was, he was known for his, uh, his two interception season, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, and uh, came out of there, led the Eagles to a Super Bowl. Do you not have faith in that with Craig Anderson? Are you forgetting Tristan. that three years ago he uh, – or, yeah, three years ago he played the Penguins in the conference finals in a game seven? Tristan, for one, he's 39 years old, and this is not like a Knicks Foles situation. Like, because our main two goalies have been Vanacek and Samsonov. Okay, I understand if we had like a clear one and two bringing up the two to play a lot, but this is like if you started your Super Bowl run by bringing up your practice squad like quarterback and having him play. That's what this is like. Like that veteran guy you just bring into your practice squad is literally just to teach. He's 39 years old, Tristan. Have you seen this is when James McCown or Josh McCown came in to play for Carson Wentz? Yeah, like they this that's exactly the situation. It's Hey, don't watching, him, watching him in net is so scary. He comes out of the net like the first goal they scored. He was like a few inches out of the net. And they easily put it in the goal. It's just I do not have faith in him. I mean, he's played great these twice games, but I'm not sure Lightning's going to strike again. I mean, Sam Sonoff and um and Panacek. Simpson and Kuznetsov are coming to Boston, so we might get to see them on ice, but I, it's just very difficult to see how we're going to be able to steal some games considering that I think the Bruins are starting to figure them out, and he's slow in net. He's, he really overcommits. He's not really good. He's good at, like, he's been good at times at rebound control, but it seems like he always – 
Like he doesn't freeze the puck as much as he probably should. Uh, how long is Vanishek out for? It's still don't, it, we don't know. There, there hasn't been a report on it. We do not know what the injury is. It could, it literally could be anything. Um, but I mean, the fact that you have Sansnov coming back, going to Boston with you, not knowing if he's going to come back, that at least puts a little bit of hope in your eyes because you don't know if that's better than counting on a third string goalie. In my but Sansonov hasn't played. The last time he played was against the Penguins, and he led them three, and a not very good performance. And he hasn't been skating a lot. But you never know; things could he could come in and stand on his head the entire game. So, um, the Golden Knights fell to the number two seed to play the Wild, and lost one nothing in their first game. And I think that was a really interesting game. Did you see yeah. some of the saves that Mark Andre Fleury was making? He was going off, um, but our, so after the first couple of games, uh, the so the Caps and Bruins are tied at one-one. Both games went into overtime. Uh, the Islanders beat the Penguins in overtime. The Wild beat the Golden Knights in overtime, and then the Lightning and the Panthers went down to the last minute, and the Lightning won. Looking at any of these matchups, are you are you looking at any of them and saying or and changing your mind? About um, because I know possibly that West Division two and four, um, two and three. Because I said, no matter what, I thought that the Avalanche and Knights were pretty much just gonna waltz, waltz past that first round. But looking at it, I don't think it's gonna be as easy for the Golden Knights. Yes, Mark Andre Fleury made some amazing saves, but as we know, he overcommits a lot, and I think the Wild are gonna have to recognize that. Yeah, with the cross-crease passes you're going to have to make, you're going to miss a decent amount of opportunities, but the chances you get are almost going to be bang, bang, almost guaranteed goals. So they're going to have to look at that. And I I think it's possible that series goes to maybe six or seven. So I think it could be a very difficult series for the Golden Knights. Hurricanes beat the brakes off the Predators. Yeah, that, that was expected. Avalanche destroyed the Blues. Did you see Jordan, Jordan Benson? Benson. He wanted to, to fight Philip Grubauer. Yeah, he's trying I to slap him. And the, the referee's like trying to hold him back, and Bennington's going at it. I, I, that was funny. That's I love watching playoff hockey. Did you see Tom Wilson absolutely toss Jeremy Lazone into his yeah, own? He taught, and it wasn't like it was a dirty hit. He no, that lit. was a- it, He glided in. People say he was charging, but he glided in. He stopped. That was a clean hit, and that was. Oh, but one thing about the Caps game: what are the refs doing? Like in Game One, you literally saw T.J. Oshie get a left hand in the middle of the ice, and the refs were like, "I didn't see it." And the play in Game Two, the play between Brad Marchand and Anthony Mantha. Brad Marchand hit Mantha nuts. He punched him first. He hit him with a stick first, and at the end of it. He gave him a high stick, and that's when the refs called the um, called the penalty. But they gave both of them penalties. How? Brad Marchand literally hit him in the nuts and hit him in the face with a stick. How do you give Mantha a I think uh, penalty on that? I I think once you get to playoff hockey, it's you either get terrible refing or 
actually no, you just get terrible refing overall because either yeah, like they, no they overcall or they undercall. And personally, I'd rather an undercall because I'd I'd like to watch teams like get mad at each other and start to maybe like get get into arguments, start fighting, because that makes the game more fun to watch. But I'd much rather an undercall than an overcalling of a of I would do considering I think the Bruins are a lot better than us at four and four hockey, but the part played with Tom Wilson where it was a trip and embezzlement, really? Like, we literally saw that game one with Taylor Hall and his trip, yet the refs didn't call it. Like, I mean, and it, it was a clear trip. It's not like it was borderline. It, it's clear he tripped them. Like, really? Embezzlement? Or um, embellishment? Not embezzlement. It's the white-collar crime. Um, but, I mean... Overall, through seven games, the the playoffs look to be interesting. Uh, yeah, and it's only going to get more interesting as you start to get to the matchups where these teams haven't played each other in yeah, over a year. Once you get to the final four, that's going to be really fun to watch. That that, that really is a toss up. Um, and I mean that's all you can really do there is guess because you, every team is playing the same teams over and over again. So they don't know, they haven't seen what the other teams are doing except from watching it. And there's only so much you can do from watching. But uh, yeah, tonight we have three games. The Islanders play the Penguins, the Lightning play the Panthers, and the Golden Knights play the Wild again. Um, the Islanders give the Penguins a tough time. I, I'm telling you, I think the Islanders are going to pull off the upset. Yeah, and but... I think if the Islanders play the Bruins, they'll have the advantage. But if we play the Islanders, I think we'll have the advantage because I think we beat them six times or around something like that. I think overall it's going to be good. That's all that matters. Good hockey. Um, I like watching the highlights and getting all the getting all the things on my Instagram and my Twitter. And seeing I won't be watching the games because I got work in the morning. But I'll, I'll be trying to do. Like I'll try, I'll be trying to do my best to turn on some hockey, but overall, like I'm not going to be paying as much attention to it because sadly the Flyers aren't in it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I pay attention to the Captain Bruins games. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, this is such a great game!" I'm like, "This is a frustrating game to watch." What are you talking about? I'm excited. Uh, I definitely want to try to watch some more hockey. Uh, and I I went to turn on, I went to turn on the. Uh, the Caps game last night, and I ended up going to bed because I was so tired. I had to get up early this morning. But yeah, I definitely I want to watch the Lightning Panthers matchups. Those are going to be fun to watch. I might I think I was wrong about that because the difference in the game was the guy who I thought was going to come out slow, Nikita Kucherov. He scored two goals, which if you look at it, was the difference in that game. So. Um, I I may be wrong on that um, Lightning Panthers series because it seems like he's been able to jump in the back into the team without skipping a beat. Yeah, and that's that's what I thought he'd do because I mean, for you you play hockey for so long, you skip out a little bit and you jump back in. I mean, you need a little bit to catch your feet again. But I think like when you're a professional athlete who plays that sport daily, I think once you get back going for a little bit, you can, you can stay focused and get back into the game, especially when you're playing for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, it is the playoffs. Like, yes, the games are more difficult, but there is a lot more motivation than just 
playing a team on Tuesday night. Yeah, so I don't think that I don't think that the Lightning will repeat, but I still think they'll. I think the Lightning are going to go are going to realize that they're the Lightning and not win another cup for a couple of years. Yeah, I think it will be difficult for them to win a cup because I think like I, th- I think the Panthers are a hungrier team at this point. I think the Avalanche are a hungrier point, team at this point. Um, and they're going to go back to. Oh, good. Yeah, I just don't think they'll be able to repeat the success they found last year. I think the, uh, I think the other like because after this year they're going to go back to the regular. I, I would assume they're going to go back to the regular, um, divisions being that uh, buildings are opening back up and people are able to go watch the games again people are traveling again like i think they're going to go back to the regular divisions yeah, and so, dc just said in a few at june they're going to allow full capacity so they're they're going to go back to uh they're going to be going back to the easier i mean the atlantic isn't easy but there are three teams who are going to make it to the playoffs every year and that's the lightning panthers and the bruins and i mean after that you don't really have anyone else who you have to worry about the Sabres aren't going to do anything. And I can't even think of what the other teams in the Atlantic are better. Oh, Toronto is in there. I forgot Toronto's in there. So hey, Toronto's a good team now. Toronto and the Canadians, but I, I don't think the Canadians will match up with the other teams. Yeah, the Habs, like considering that how old Carey Price is getting, I the only like way I can see them going is down. Yeah, I think the Canadians need to groom a goalie really well in order to have a future. Because I think yes, the young players are bringing them up, but their old goalie is start is going to yeah. drag them down. Carey Price is Carey Price has reached the top of that hill, and he's starting to shift down. So we'll we'll see how that affects them. They need they need to groom a goalie really well, or they need to find a nice young goalie who can who needs another contract who can uh, go who can play for them and show have a couple good outings. They I don't think they need an elite goaltender. I think they need a serviceable goaltender. Yeah, does or a young one that can learn from Carey Price and develop into a future goalie. Yeah, Brian Elliott's good because he can come in, win a couple games. So they they need a goaltender who can come in and win games continuously. But I don't think they need an Andre Vasilevsky or Mark Andre Fleury or a, another Carey Price as much as that would help. I I don't think they need that. Yeah. I think they have enough scoring scoring power that they can. They just need a serviceable goalie. I think the Canadians' run of amazing goalies from Carey Price to Jose Theodore to Patrick Wall after Carey Price, I can't see that continuing. I mean, they seem to hit the jackpot a lot, so we will see. Um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, there's there's only been a couple games. Uh, the North matchups start tomorrow because the Flames and the Canucks finish up their – finish up their seasons tomorrow, which I didn't understand why they couldn't start. Who cares about that? The Flames and the Canucks had no had no effect on the playoffs for the Northern teams. So I don't know why they couldn't just start on May 16th after the Oilers played the Canucks. I, mean, I really do not know. Like, yeah, I really do not understand that because it – from what I looked at it, it had no effect on who was going to play who. I just, 
Yeah, maybe it has something to do with COVID restrictions and where they play, but I, I have no clue. But I don't know. I mean, that doesn't matter. We just watch the games. We don't get to uh, we just get to watch them. So we will see what goes on with that. Um, but other than that, I think that's really it on the uh, playoffs. There hasn't really been much. We'll talk. We'll keep on talking about the playoffs as they go along, of course. Because I think the NHL playoffs are the most fun playoffs to watch because of the amount of parity that there is in the league. Like, it's not like football where, you know, Tom Brady's winning the Super Bowl or in basketball where there's a super team this year now in the Nets as opposed to the Warriors. Like, you you never know which team is going to make it. I mean, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets went from sweeping the lightning when they had one of the best seasons in NHL history one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, to going to one of the worst teams in the league and, and losing their season. Yeah, yeah. So. I think there is the most mystery when it comes to the NHL playoffs. Like when the Caps won, I honestly thought we were going to get bounced in the first round. It, like I don't think anybody really had us picked going into the playoffs since considering I think everybody viewed us as an inferior team. We didn't have the best of regular seasons, but we were at the end of it. And nobody could have predicted that the Golden Knights would have made it to the Cup as well. Yes, I mean, that's that's what's fun about NHL playoffs. So that's always fun to watch and keep an eye on. Um, but with that, let's move on into the MLB. And we'll, we'll start off with our teams. And um, Bryce Harper is hurt again. I mean, the first time he got hurt, it was because he got hit with a ball. So, I mean, that was kind of – but this one, he's now day-to-day with shoulder soreness. And I'm just kind of sitting here. I don't – Philly seems to be getting struck again with an injury, with an injury bug. Because Bryce Harper's down again. Uh, I want to say JT Real Muto went out for a little bit, and he was on the COVID uh, IL. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon is – dealing with a hip flexor injury the Phillies are somehow maintaining winning games and staying second in the uh staying second in the division but but, uh they they're getting they're starting to get injuries attacking them which I think could really damage us and like injuries are hitting like the Braves as well did you hear about the their pitcher um you know Oh, he yeah. broke his hand punching a dugout wall because he got taken out in the fifth. I'm, I'm kind of glad he's out because he pitched his lights out and hit a grand slam. But it's insane how bad and disappointing this division is. Like, if you look at it, the Mets, they don't have pitching after um, DeGrom. Their offense isn't living up. Francisco Lindor looks – yeah, he, he's, been, he's been bad. He he hasn't been good. Um. The Braves, they're really missing some good pitching. Yes, Ronald Acuna is going off, but other than that, the Phillies, you get struck by injuries. The Nationals are disappointing. The Marlins, last year they were, they got really hot. This year, not so much. They just seem mediocre. It's just, I thought this was going to be the best division in baseball. I think the Phillies still have a pretty good chance. I mean, this is... I think after they get out of a little bit of a slump here, then this could really take off. But we've been saying that for what? 
three, four weeks straight now. Ever since, well, you've been saying that since 2009. Okay, slow down there, bud. Like, yes. this, this is the this is the best team we've had since 2009. Well, that's not saying much because you've had some pretty bad teams in that. But that's time. the point. That's that's the whole point. Is that now that we have a good team again, hopefully we might be able to make a World Series run. I don't think we'll make a World Series run in the next three years, even. My next ten. I don't know about next time. I think we have a bright future, but I mean, it is full of Will you be able to, do you think you'll be able to contend with the teams like the Padres? Heck, even, do you think you could be able to beat a team like the Giants? Like, they're playing amazing, and they're young. Yeah, and they, they beat us in a series earlier this season. I don't remember if they swept us or if they beat us 2-1 to one in the series, but they they did, they beat us in the C, series. But, I mean, it's also... It's a round ball hitting a round bat. It's all about, like, don't get me wrong, there's – it depends on where you hit it, but, I mean, it's – you can steal a couple games here and there, and I think the Phillies are good enough that if they were be able to be able to steal a couple games here and there, that it could help them. But, like I said, I don't think it will happen in the next couple you of years. You just got to be lucky. It's just – sometimes it's better to be better to be lucky than good. Yeah, I, I don't think it will happen within the next couple of years, but I still think we – we have a better shot than we did in the past 10 years altogether. So I will agree with that. And we wouldn't have to face like the, the AL has absolute bombers. And so we wouldn't have to really worry about that until we got to the world series. So. Yeah. The AL is looking really nasty this year. You got the twins, you got the Red Sox, which is a surprise to me. You have the athletics, you have the the Angels. You the Blue Jays, the Astros, like the Blue the Jays, AL, very first. Actually, they're not in first because they have the Red Sox and the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, the White Sox look really good too. Yeah, the AL is gonna be. Those are gonna be some interesting games come playoff time, considering how good all of these teams are. And I, the Blue Jays are making a big push because of Vladdy. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero insane he are, he has 10 home runs he's he had that three home run game earlier in the season i think against us i think after a couple after a couple weeks i'm starting to like vladdy as a uh, mvp with otani otani is by young and an mvp i don't think he's going to be mvp because if you look at the numbers i don't think you can put him above byron buxton yes he does have the home run leader but if you look at the stats byron buxton i think is the more is the better candidate for MVP. Um, the but he has a two entering this week. He had a two ten ERA, which was just under Jake Degrom. I wanted to say, it's it's one of the highest in the league, and he he was tied for first in home runs entering the league. But keep in mind, I'm pretty sure the Angels are the worst in their division. That's true, and they they also they're not as big of a market, so they're not going to get the. They're LA. They're the they're Anaheim. They're, they're the, the they're the Los Angeles Clippers to the Dodgers, Los Angeles Lakers. Exactly. And they're um they but they're technically the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So technically you can't really focus on the fact that they are LA. You gotta worry about the uh it's Anaheim, so they're not as big as a mark of a market. 
and they you They're look to get the yeah you look to get those teams that are huge like LA but then again Mike Trout was MVP for how many years in a row but also I don't think the AL was as good as it is now no but like the Angels they have like four players David Fletcher Anthony Rendon Mike Trout and Otani but after that like like Mike Trout he isn't gonna win a World Series in his career I I just don't think he is I cannot see them with the amount of money they have tied up and they're going to have to tie up with all their players. Like you have Rendon, you have Mike Trout on their big deals and you're going to have to re-sign. You're going to have to give Otani a huge deal at some point. You're not going to have the cap space to be able to, to be able to sign the guys that you need to win a world series. Yeah. So I made a big mistake. It wasn't DeGrom. It was Max Scherzer who he was just below with the ERA. Both had two tens. I think the fact that he is a bright spot on a sad Angels team could help him uh, push towards a Cy Young and an MVP. But I think you're right in the fact that I don't think he'll get it because of the fact that the AL has so many other good players in Buxton, in Vladdy, in Aaron Judge, who's been hitting bombs in the entire Red Sox. Was Dan like Aaron Judge? I just saw it. I just saw a thing on the on Instagram where during like a six game road trip, he's hitting like five, five forty one with like six bombs. He's been doing insane. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton has the has a better average. Uh, he has a better average speed of the ball coming off the bat than most of the teams in the league, if not all of them. Yeah. Like just a single singular play. Like every time he hits a home run, it's a rocket that's going like over four twenty feet. Yeah, it's I mean, he's he's a monster. There should be some interesting stuff next week, hopefully in the NFL, like if a few trades pop up and definitely the NHL, because I can definitely see a few more of those games going to overtime or them having an interesting storyline of being like really physical. Yeah, I, I will read off the MLB stats before we get out of here though, because that is, since we are in the same division, that's kind of a big thing. Uh, the Mets are in first at 19 and 16. Phillies are in second at 21 and 20. Atlanta's at third at 19 and 22, which still surprises me, the fact that they have a losing record. Miami at 18 and 22, and then Washington at 16 and 21. Yeah. This, this series is kind of, it's, it's a whack division, and, but I'm excited to see the rest of the season. Our, oh, and we play Miami for, I want to say it's the first time this season. So, well, yeah, the Nationals just played the Phillies like last week for the first time. Yeah, the, the Mets and the Braves are playing for the first time this season, right? Uh, tonight. So, it, I think this is the first time we're going to see Miami. Did you see the new, um, the city jerseys that they're doing? Did you see the Miami ones? I did not. The red with the pinstripes. Hang on. They are really nice. I I love these jer- jerseys because they're they're red and it just kind of uh change it bounces off what the uh what they used to do. But they they messed it up with the hat. I think the hat messes it up. But I think the jersey is clean. Yeah, the, I actually like those hats in that combination. Um, they're 
for anybody that's just um, listening to this, the jerseys are red with white pinstriping with the Miami and the, it has a blue backing and it ha the hat is blue with a red brim and the Marlins logo is red and it's red and blue, but I actually really, those are nice jerseys. Oh uh, yeah, dude. Do yourself a favor, go up and look it, look it up. I would buy the jersey. The hat, not so much. But the jersey is nice. Um, I also do like the uh, – I always had a little bit of a soft spot for the baby blue. Uh, so I I wouldn't be – that's kind of why I also like it. I always love the baby blue and jerseys. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I wanted to ask you about that. But I think – that is the last thing we got going on my end at least yeah, that's all i got um we'll see you guys later yeah go phillies <laughs> that's the only thing we got going on for us go caps all right and we will see you guys next actually we will come back tomorrow with another episode and i think we're going to discuss the uh we're going to discuss the schedules for washington and the eagles and then we, because I want to predict, I want to talk a little bit about how the, how I think the Eagles will do with the, uh, with their schedule and then like how their team is shaping out to be for the schedule, because I don't think it's going to be as bad as everyone thinks it will be. So we, know. we'll go over that tomorrow and then get that out. And then we will do another one of these episodes where we go over everything all together again next week so with that i think we are going to get out of here and we will see you guys later see you guys later all right so thank you guys for listening uh go ahead and follow us on our instagrams i'm at t kunik 10 at j alvarez 639 at bl in the dc you can email us at bl in the dc.com send us questions comments tell us anything you want to hear on the podcast all that sort of stuff so and always keep checking back on spotify and apple and everything leave us reviews we're we're going to keep on doing this weekly so and we want to do what you guys want to see so just let us know and we will do our best to follow everyone so see you guys next week <laughs>